0: Hello and welcome to Life with Zan. I'm your host and friend Zan Farrow. This podcast was created to celebrate how each of us breathe life into our own little corners of the world. Whether through work or play, it is my hope to honor the process and encourage others to do the same. Welcome to Life with Zan. Today we're going to be chatting with my friend Lindsay Allen. Lindsay is a marketing professional and serial side hustler. She's one of those unicorns that loves her nine to five and her clients too much to choose one or the other. She's known for helping others, coworkers and clients alike connect to their existing and future customers through language and design. Some of her tips on authentic connection have been featured on Business Insider, Forbes and Mashable. I cannot wait for you guys to listen in on my conversation with Lindsay today. Let's go to the show. Hello, Lindsay, and welcome to Life with Zan. Hi,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so happy to connect and share another Instagram friend. And <laughs> you, I love your style, so I think that's what I was most drawn to about you. And I think we have similar taste, except we're in different worlds. And I want to know more about marketing, and that's your area of expertise. So like, how did you get into it, and where did you get your start?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So my road to marketing um, was certainly not the traditional one. I actually went to college uh, with a major in psychology. So all of my classes were psych related. Initially, I thought that maybe I wanted to be some kind of a genetic counselor, like something that was very science heavy, but still dealt with people because I've always had pretty good, pretty good people skills, definitely great listening skills. And it was through my courses that I realized, huh, you know what? I can't do this counselor thing. <laughs> I'm not cut out for it. It's, it's too much. Um, I, I just, I have a tendency to take things very personally and I can't, I have a hard time delineating between uh, like work and home. For me, they bleed together right. a lot, pretty frequently. And so my main concern was, you know what? I'm not going to be able to stop worrying about those people that I had counseling sessions with during the day. When I get home, it's gonna be something that totally consumes me and and I don't think I can do that. So I had that realization my third year of college and I graduated early. I uh, tried stretching out my college experience as long as possible, but just the way that my credits rolled and the classes that I had applied to my college experience, I, I just ran out of stuff to take. So I, I did end up graduating early, but that's not a conversation that you <laughs> start with your parents. Hey, mom and dad, I don't think I want to do psychology anymore. I mean, I'm year three. Oh, you did? <laughs> did? Oh my God.
0: Um, but I guess it worked out. <laughs>
1: Is it? Yeah. No. So same with me. It worked out. I still graduated with psychology. One of the things that I have always dabbled with, Ever since, like, gosh, eighth grade, was graphic design and it morphed into web design because if you know how to do graphics, chances are you have an eye for web. And if you can get past the tech stuff, that's something that you can get into as well. So, all throughout college, I kind of had that going on in the background. And, you know, it supplemented my income. It was like fun money for me to go and spend. My last year of college, I decided that I did not want a full-time job. So not only did I decide "Mm, I don't want to be a counselor, I also decided I don't want a (laughs) nine-to-five. And that conversation I did have with my parents and the outcome was uh, not desirable by any means. But what I ended up doing was building a freelance practice for graphic and web design. And by the time I finally graduated college, I was able to for the most part, self-sustain, um, my expenses. So let's see, I finished in March. I moved home for a couple months and I, at the time I had a large client and she was probably my first very big kind of several thousand dollar client. And with that, I was able to pay off my credit card and go take a trip to London after graduation. Oh. And that was, yeah. And that was the first time I was like, Okay, you know what? Like this freelance thing, it actually could work. like right. it's not just little invoice amounts here, there, everywhere. like this I could do this thing, yeah, so, when I started working with those clients, i mean we, the the primary reason they've hired me is for graphic and web design, but what we would end up doing is talking about like how are you planning on connecting with people? Like, who are your customers going to be? What are you creating? Are you sure that what you're creating is going to land well? Like, are they going to receive it well? And so my all of my like psychology education and training really came to play there. And so marketing was just kind of like a happy accident. And it was a perfect blend of two things that I already really, really enjoyed.
0: Absolutely. I, I was just thinking that too. I was going to ask you if you felt like, that background really played into what you do now and probably your sensitivity to everything that goes on with people. It makes sense how being a psychologist or a counselor would be really difficult for you. I mean, I would be the same way. Like I I could not like <laughs> separate emotionally, but I see how that would make you so good at what you do now. Yeah. So it's You're in tune with people and their emotions and their reaction to things going on around them.
1: Exactly. So it's kind of funny sometimes, um, like, cause I'm still young enough to where people ask like, Oh, what'd you go to college for? And I guess maybe as you get older, that you still get that question occasionally, but, I'll, the answer to the question is psychology. I went to college for psychology and they're like, oh, well, like you're not using your degree at all. And I said, well, you know, actually I use it every single day. I mean, sure. the primary function of marketing is to try and put yourself in the other person's shoes and to communicate with them as best you can to kind of coach the conversion, whatever your conversion is, you know, they're signing up for your email newsletter, you're making a sale, like whatever that kind of defined goal is. Uh, you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes in order to un- in order to understand how to do that and my education taught me how to do that <laughs> better than i can like anything else i can really think of
0: that's a really good point i'm i'm glad you shared that so what i love about you is that you're kind of backwards in the entrepreneur world a lot of people Start off working for a nine to five and then kind of visualize and try to get themselves in a place where they can own their own business full time. But you had your own business full time and now have a nine to five and your own business. So, how can you share how you transitioned into that? And what do you have any like advice or reasons why you prefer one thing or another? I I just it's so crazy to me because. It's hard to visualize going back for someone on it. The I guess the more "quote unquote" traditional way. I want to experience.
1: So what ended up happening was. One of my, you know, quote unquote clients was a small manufacturing company in the Silicon Valley that um, desperately needed someone to help with marketing. The marketing department kind of dissolved in a matter of a couple weeks. There was a large management change, and a couple employees weren't very happy with that management change. And so they left on their own terms. And they ended up asking me to help out part time to just learn everything there was to learn so that I could train the next official full-time person that they ended up hiring. So at first I worked on a contract basis and I just tried to keep the ship afloat. Like we're small enough so that it's okay. Uh, And I, you know, fast forward, I still work at that company now, but we're small enough so that it, it was okay, but it was a lot for me to try and do that in a matter of 15 to 20 hours. Cause like I already had clients lined up, like I already had billable hours planned and I'm just trying to kind of shove this other thing in there. And contract evolved into part-time because I started pulling part-time hours and wanted to receive part-time benefits because there are benefits associated with being a part-time employee. And then my boss, Steve Shaw, joined the company. He came into the picture and he and I hit it off. I, I like can't even describe it. it. I feel like we're this almost the same person, just he's about twice my age. And it really helps when you have a manager that is willing to invest in you is willing to to back you on your ideas willing to teach you new things and expose you to new experiences and that was the big shift for me because I never thought I was going back and then he joined and I'm like okay like I think I could do this this is cool and like honestly the consistent income is really nice
0: <laughs> no absolutely i could talk about quality leadership all day long and having a champion in your corner like that or just someone you really respect how they work and they see your vision and have faith in you. That's everything. So right. it would totally be motivating in working in an environment like that.
1: Yeah. So I think that answers your question. That's kind of how I got to where I am. And it, and it was, I mean, same as marketing, like it was a mistake. Like I didn't, I didn't, mistake maybe is the wrong word, but I never had the intention of going full time and it was kind of just a handful of things fell into place in just the right way that that made it enticing.
0: That's that's very cool. So it seems like you've always had a different kind of side hustle going on and I'm just curious because I know a lot of people have interests or different creative endeavors that they'd like to turn into a side hustle. How do you get and maintain a client list?
1: So, okay. Those are two uh, distinct questions. So how do you get clients? Mm -hmm. Um, I started with word of mouth and all it takes is one person to take a chance on you, whether it's a family member or a very close friend or a friend of a friend. That is like the the, the key thing when you're starting out is getting your first client and then you make sure that you under promise and over deliver and impress them. And then they're sure to say, you know, Lindsay did such a good job. I, you know, you should try her too. Or I really love the way Zan did my home. Like you need to check her out. She's affordable because she does it all remote. Like all of those things come out when people are talking about the work you did And, and if you get, if you do good work, that other person is receiving compliments on it. And, and that's kind of how it all flows.
0: Mm -hmm. I have to agree with that. That's been my experience as well.
1: Yeah. And And then
0: maintaining clients. Do people come back to you with new projects? So,
1: yes, uh, maintaining um, maintaining is a little. It looks a little bit different. So sometimes when I work with clients, it's like a one and done project. Sometimes they need ongoing support, and sometimes the client is super multi passionate. And one year they're doing this business, and then two years later they're launching in another business with a separate partner. And so there's a little bit of that too. And so if I were to advise, like, if I were to go back and tell myself, you know, this is how I would do it four years ago when I first started, I probably would would try and advise myself to do a mix of those things. Like, make sure you get some of those clients that have, like, one-off projects and then see if you can attract people onto continuous things. One of the things that we're big on um, are company history is a little complicated, but one of the things we're trying to get into is subscriptions. We're a public company. Well, we were, we recently acquired, but as a public company, um, subscriptions are incredibly valuable. I mean, think about how many subscriptions that you pay for. Like I know I pay for Hulu. I pay for SoundCloud. I'm not a Spotify user. I'm a SoundCloud user and a couple other things as well. So you can try and find ways to work that in. So you can count on that revenue every single month.
0: Yeah, and that's basically how you got your nine-to-five, just someone who needed help continuously, and the project just turned into a project, turned into a full-time job. Exactly. So you have multiple side hustles, though, and I want to (laughs) hear about them and kind of how they play into your life now since you do have a full-time job.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I try to keep my side hustles under one umbrella. (laughs) Honestly,
0: it it helps
1: keep me sane. But what I'm currently doing is marketing consultant consulting and Squarespace basics for passionate small business owners or people that are looking to become a passionate small business owner. And so they're they're different enough that I try to think of them in terms of separate projects, like. If I have a marketing consulting client, they're working on certain things and they need certain actions from me versus Squarespace basics is a, a lot of my clients, my marketing clients um, need a little bit of Squarespace help. And so there's some of that involved in our relationship together. But one of the things that I'm noticing is that the last maybe four four or five months, I've had several clients come to me with the exact same Squarespace questions. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. You know, I need to try and find a way to, to do this more efficiently to help more people because if five people have those questions, surely more than just them have the same questions.
0: Oh, for sure. So this is why you're the perfect podcast guest for me because <laughs> I've had Squarespace for almost four years now. Mm-hmm. I, I first started as a blog. And then it transitioned into what is now my website that it still has the blog, but it has my services on there. I link this podcast on there. It's like the most amazing tool. And there are so many things you can do with it. I am not savvy in this department. And I so see the value in what you do because you can do so many awesome, incredible things with Squarespace. And most people don't understand or know like what it's capable of slash how to do it themselves. So I think hiring someone like Lindsay, whether you need the marketing side or the Squarespace or both to like create your website if you're starting a business or if you just, you know, are launching a podcast and need like a home for everything or even people who use it for like weddings. I've seen people use Squarespace yes. to just like have a wedding like host site. There, you, hiring help would be have been so much easier in the beginning. Like I tried to figure it all out on my own and I three years later finally got help. Oh my gosh, it is crazy what this site can do. And can you like give examples of what, people are, could use it for, or like how people maybe aren't fully utilizing Squarespace because I'm sure I'm not. And I know that you are an expert and see the potential in this platform.
1: Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So um, a couple things before I dive in there, I feel like a lot of people hear, you know, exactly what you're saying. Squarespace can do so much. It makes your life so much easier. And they're like, okay, but like, where do I start? Like, how do I take my first step? What, like, what is the first thing that I need to do for Squarespace? So there's that as well. Like I, I, I get that a lot and I totally understand that. Um, and then kind of to more directly answer your question, some of the more interesting use cases that I've used Squarespace for, um, one of them that's coming to the top of my mind is for proposals, for client proposals. And I actually did this a lot when I was doing big project work with clients. Um, what you would do is create. A landing page or just a plain and simple page um, and you have to be comfortable doing pages in order to do this but create a simple page load all of your proposal information on there maybe your different packages with different you know links or whatever it might be and when you send it off to your client and this works really well for one-to-one clients. when you send it off to your client you you know make sure to give it its own URL. Um, Like if the client was Zan, you would, you know, say Zan. Uh, You can go and you can track how many times that client opened that webpage, how many times they opened it, how long they were on it, how many times they bounced off it onto something else. And you can really get a feel for how they're trying to evaluate your packages and where they're at with the decision. Um, you may learn that if the client opens your proposal 10 times in the matter of two days, maybe you need to call them. Maybe they're having a hard time deciding and they're trying to show it to their friends. Maybe you need to reach out and say, Hey, are there any questions that you have? I'd be happy to jump on the phone and explain for 30 minutes or whatever it might be. So that's definitely one of the more interesting cases I've seen it used for and and that I've used it for. Um, but typically people use it for, building audiences like if they're publishing a blog a lot of people use it for professional websites as well if you are someone that has a career and you want like a home base for all of your achievements your accomplishments and your resume people use it for that and it's very easy to use it for that as well and then a lot of people use it for e-commerce as well Squarespace has definitely upped their game and has become a pretty proficient e-commerce platform too
0: yeah so peep for me specifically my clients purchase my packages directly from my website. I don't have like a traditional billing system set up. They can purchase directly from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: crazy that a place where I started that was just a blog and me just like writing things, sharing photos, images, and linking to products and things like that could turn into not only a, a website where I can describe you know, my design services, but also people can like literally send me money to hire me through my website. Like it just... Mm-hmm. All in one place and it hosts my podcast.
1: Like, yeah I didn't and
0: know when I started this blog that I was going to do all these things with this platform. Right. But it has like worked so smoothly and I think that's so cool because I think they keep up with how things like update and know that a lot of people who have blogs or websites use it for many different things.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the cool things about the platform is that it grows with you. Right? Like it's flexible enough so that it grows with you and that you can manipulate it and change it to do the things that you want to do as you continue on your career path, whatever that might be.
0: Mm-hmm. That, it's really cool. So, what do you like? I want one hot tip for people who are marketing themselves, whether it is just like for a fun blog or they have a full on business. What's like the number one thing, whether it be specific to Squarespace or marketing in general, that people are kind of missing the boat on?
1: um i think uh, a couple things if i were to wrap it up like into one message Mm -hmm. i would probably say you you want to make people feel special Mm -hmm. so that could look like engaging with every single comment you receive on instagram um when you receive a new follow it could look like going over that person's page and like checking out what they do and leave a couple comments on on some of their images or sending them a dm it means prioritizing your community I, i feel like a lot of times when people are marketing, they are marketing to the masses. They're not marketing to the one person. Right. Um, and I think if you're just starting out, chances are you have the time and the bandwidth to be doing that one-to-one communication as you're growing your tribe or growing your audience. Hmm. And so I think a lot of people miss out on that. They, I, they also think like, oh, like I got to grow, got to go faster there's huge, huge power in nurturing the smaller audience that you currently have.
0: Yes. No, that is so true. I've, I've learned a lot. So are you familiar with that? Um, the like platform like to know it? Yes. Okay. So they're like, they, they're out of Dallas. So I, I feel like I see them everywhere, like hosting events and everything. And they like to know it uses their platform to, you know, help people share product and sell. And they really shared how it's not the people who have the most followers that sell the most, which I, you know, I guess it's something I could have guessed, but it's so true. They say some of their, um, I guess, influencers who have, let's say five to 15,000 followers can sell more than people who have hundreds of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. It's having that engagement with your audience. So I think that is so powerful, and I do see people missing the boat on that, and I, I think it is very cool when you see people engaging. So about a year ago, I noticed a trend where on social media, people would send, if you like sent or you replied to someone you follow, you liked something they shared, or you're just engaging with them who like someone has a bigger audience, they would reply in a voice message. Have you seen this? Or like, Oh, yes, I have. The first time it really freaked me out. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so personal. Like they, they sent me a message. Like, what is this? But now I think it's very cool. Like I think, I think so too. They take the time to engage. And I realize that, you know, people who have thousands and thousands of followers may not have the time to uh, sit there and leave everyone a voice message. But if you do, like you said, have the time and, you know, maybe a smaller audience investing in those people now, like in that way, it might not be a voice message, but really taking the time to engage is, I think, very valuable. I mean, it's worked for me. I'm personally invested in people who have done that for me. And I, I haven't, you know, left people voice messages yet, but maybe I should. I don't
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have enough confidence to leave people voice messages. Right. I
0: feel like that's a whole other step of communication. It's like, it's like calling someone on the phone. like yes. really <laughs> Yeah.
1: And I mean, just building on what you were saying about people that have small audiences and small influencers, like you don't, for anyone that's listening, like you don't have to Use like to know it in order to make money as a freelancer, as an entrepreneur, or anything like that. But like you may find yourself in a position where you want to promote your product and you're trying to figure out, oh, how do I do that? Small influencers is a really awesome way to go, and you could even go for people that are less than five thousand followers. Um, and give them free product and they won't even request for payment or anything like that. You can just simply swap social shares for product. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically those people are like so over the moon, excited that a brand reached out to them for that kind of an opportunity.
0: It's very true. No, that's, that's very smart. I think you, it's good to like engage with people that are like at your level and help build each other up and like cross pollinate audiences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nice way to meet more people and share like your audience. So for example, like Lindsay coming on my podcast, like there's <laughs> are followers who are going to be like, oh, what's Lindsay chatting about with this girl? And they're going to come listen. Hello to anyone who follows Lindsay on social media yeah. um, <laughs> or, or just loves her. Yeah. It, it's awesome because you get to, and I discover people all the time that way that I didn't even know existed. So that's the fun thing about the internet, although it is a rabbit hole. And you, <laughs> the next thing you know, you're following a million people on Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So I am fascinated by you because you engage with people. It, it feels like in a lot of ways. So you work in more of the corporate setting, but you also work with people more personally with their businesses and websites. Where do you draw inspiration from to work in all these areas?
1: Um, a lot of times they're connected. So sometimes when I think about it, I feel like when I work with clients or small business owners, um, it is like a totally new sandbox. And like, I am given the toys from my nine to five to play in this new sandbox, right? Like I'm able to learn things from my corporate job or apply like different processes that we use here to ways that I work with clients or even the projects that we're doing together. So there's like, there's a little bit there. I also just happen. Well, Silicon Valley is primarily male. Let's just get that out of the way right now. It's changing. It's growing. It's shifting. But the, the industry that the company I work at specifically serves is 98% male, typically kind of blue collar Midwestern kind of a person. Okay. So a lot of times when I'm done at my nine to five, I am craving something that is totally opposite of that, right? Like it happens to work out right now that all of my clients are female. (laughs) They're all working on like very feminine products, Mm -hmm. uh, products and projects. I think, let's see, like one of them, her product is pink. Like it's a pretty pink coral color. The other one she does uh, 10 free nail polishes and like, like a, there's nothing more feminine to me than than yeah. nail polish. And it's, it's really fun. So like a lot of times it's almost like, I don't almost, a lot of times I'm not drawing inspiration outwardly. I feel like it's, I'm kind of satisfying a need or an urge inwardly. Like if I'm spending time nine to five on a 98% male product, product or project, I want to totally shift gears elsewhere and try and play with things in, in a different way.
0: That's cool. I love how you found that balance for yourself and have like attracted these other people who help you find that like other create allow you to express that other creative side when you're not working at your nine to five. Mm-hmm. How much do you, okay. you spend on your side hustles?
1: A lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. No, seriously. So 9 to 5, I, I'm the type of person that I, I work more than 40 hours. I I can't, you know, I can't do my eight hours for the day and be like, okay, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, okay, like... Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, I, boundaries is probably something that I need help with, to be totally honest. Um, and my nine to five and my client work, it all kind of bleeds together. So I probably spend maybe 10 to 15 hours a week on client work outside of my nine to five work. but. For me, and it was really funny, I was having dinner with a coworker a while ago, a couple months ago, and he was asking me, he's like, so what do you do for fun, Lindsay? And I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) I work more. (laughs) I am very fortunate that my hobby is kind of turned into this, you know, this side hustle and that I do enjoy my job so much that it doesn't. I mean, it it always feels like work. Like, I'm not going to say, here, oh, I love it so much. It doesn't feel like work. It does. It, it always feels like work. It is a time commitment. It does require thought and effort. But it's so fun to me that I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me that I don't have, like, a true hobby that is not work-related that I don't make money from. Like,
0: I love it. Right. So do you use like the same programs and platforms at your nine to five that you do in uh, your like side hustles? That's, that's like a specific designery question. I was just curious when you were talking about it.
1: Kind of. So I'm an Adobe girl and definitely like all of the Adobe suite programs that we use at work, I use in my uh, side hustle as well. Um, but in terms of like project management and process management. I have very different systems, but I feel like because of the systems I have at my nine to five, I'm able to know exactly what it is that I need on my side hustle. Like what I need to track, how I, how I need to track deliverables, um, what kind of payment methods I want to accept Mm -hmm. and, and all of those things. How do I want to do invoicing? Like it just, it gives me more exposure to make those decisions for myself.
0: Okay. So if you are using the same platform for the most part, like Adobe suite, do you ever like crave tactile creation? Like, I don't know, drawing, or do you do that at all? Do you sketch things up at all? Like I, cause of me, I would, I would really miss that. And I know sometimes I have to bring that back into my work because it feels too much on the computer.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. So it's actually really funny. You mentioned that because I just went out to dinner um, with my boyfriend last night and the place we were going to did uh, butcher paper on top of the tablecloth so that they didn't have to swap out the linens. Mm-hmm. They just swap out the paper and they put a jar of crayons on there and oh my God, I went to town. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <I love>
1: it. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. And like aside, so I do, I do have a tendency to sketch things. I'm a huge whiteboard person. We have massive whiteboards at work and when I'm either working from home or working with clients from home. I I don't I rent and so I don't want to like bolt up a huge whiteboard on a wall that I then have to you know patch up and repaint. So what I'll do is I'll take painters tape and I'll put up big pieces of butcher paper and I'll write all over the butcher paper.
0: I've, have you seen those? They're really cool. It's like these hipstery designer like sites where they sell like those rolls of butcher paper that you can just like. Have you seen this?
1: Also- no, I get mine from the craft store. <laughs>
0: okay. Well it's like that, but it's on like this hanger. It's on this like metal thing hanging and you can just kind of pull it down and cut it.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Those are very cool. And but you could you could get a um rolling whiteboard. See I've got ideas for you. I just want you to be able to draw mm. <laughs>
1: I like the idea of a rolling whiteboard. I don't know why, but I've never considered that before. I don't know if
0: you can just get those at like a regular or on Amazon or whatever, but
1: <laughs> maybe. probably or Staples, I bet.
0: Yeah, and that way you can just drag it around your home. <laughs> there you go.
1: But <laughs> don't mind me.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I just that's a you know good for thought.
1: <laughs> no, that's an awesome suggestion.
0: So, um, being a Squarespace Pro, I need to know like. What your main services are, and how you help people, because I know so many people listening have Squarespace, or I get asked about Squarespace all the time, and I know that people just want to know why Squarespace over other different platforms and where it really shines and how you can help people like people need help well, how can you help them? <laughs> people do need help <laughs> you know what? Thank you so much for asking that question
1: because like, I, I just super appreciate it. Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is that you wish you would have hired someone sooner. And one of the things that I wanted to call out is a lot of times people don't have the budget to hire someone like a designer, or especially a web designer up front. Yeah. It can be an incredible, incredibly expensive process Mm -hmm. so one of the things that I'm working on and Zan you know this because we've talked about it a little bit over email and you've actually seen a little snippet of the content but one of the things that I want to work on is creating like a very Netflix-esque library of videos that teaches you how to do Squarespace on your own time at your own pace at a much lower cost. So like we were talking about earlier, sometimes it helps to have different kinds of revenue streams. This is something that I'm trying to test out as maybe some kind of, of a subscription and it would be super low investment while I try and work the kinks out. But like, that's one of the biggest things that I see when I work with people. They're like, oh, I you know, I really want a website, but like, I don't think I can afford you. And one of the things that I'm doing with my current clients right now is because of my nine to five, like I don't feel the need to do project pricing. I actually work on an hourly basis and I work on an as needed basis too. So if the client needs me for five hours this month and two hours next month, that is so a okay with me because I've got so much going on that it really doesn't affect me that much. So that's kind of a unique position to be in. But so To answer your question, I do marketing consulting and Squarespace for Basics. Marketing consulting I do on a one-to-one basis. The Squarespace for Basics is evolving into a little bit more of a Netflix library where you can go through and watch... Certain videos on certain things, and I'm hoping to have that done by September. Although it looks like it may come early because you keep asking me, (laughs) Lindsay. Someone needs help.
0: Where can I send them? No, really. I have so many friends who, whether it is like I said, just for fun, like a blog, or they're launching a website. And a lot of people don't, when you're starting out, don't know exactly what they want to do, but they know that they need something flexible. Yeah. They know they need a resource to like help guide them. So. So again, the platform Squarespace for me has been great. And for, I think having a resource, someone who like, if you had a service or somewhere they could turn to and they would have it all the time, you know, if they like in the middle of the night, were working on something, they can't bother Lindsay, but they have, you know, your product. And so they can Mm -hmm. go check it out. I think that is very valuable. And it's, it's so much more affordable than like having someone build you a website from scratch yes. like oh my gosh yes. that's so expensive i don't think people know how crazy expensive that no, is no it is a website from scratch like for if i wanted you to build a blog from scratch
1: um well okay so it kind of <sighs> The not so nice answer is that it like it kind of depends, but the project that I was talking about earlier, the one that allowed me to pay off my credit card and travel to London after graduation, that was the four thousand dollars project. yeah, and to be totally honest, I should have charged more. I should have yeah. charged between five and six. So it can be a huge, massive investment, and a lot of people are like, look, like, I'm just trying to test this idea. Like, I think I want this. And like, I think it's going to be cool, but like, I'm not going to pay you thousands of dollars for this. Like I want to learn how to do it myself. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to offer something for the person that wants to do it themselves, that has a really low budget, still wants something decent. Like they don't want it to look like they just spent 30 minutes on it and slapped it online.
0: Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I can't wait for this resource to be out there to recommend to everyone who asked me about Squarespace. <laughs> Thanks time, Sam. Like, oh guys, you're coming to the wrong person. Like, I don't know <laughs> By when it comes to things like that. I can do like the design, like programs all day, but Squarespace and I can do the blog part. Okay. Okay. When, you know, there's always a new challenge. So when it came to the podcast, I was like, Oh God, another thing I got to learn. And I know that's dramatic, but that's, it's just not my area of expertise. And to be able to have someone to turn to is amazing and completely ideal.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I totally hear you. And like I've done, I've installed blogs on my own site and on others' sites as well. And I'm sorry, podcasts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's complicated. Yeah. It is complicated. There's a lot of things that you have to track and the little, you know, snippets of code you have to put here, there, everywhere. Kudos to you for getting that done because I know it's not easy.
0: Well, of did make it easy. Like I just Googled, <laughs> and I figured it out, but I already had like a lot of it set in place, you know, I already had the website and everything. So mm-hmm. since you already had it, it's, it was pretty simple
1: well, that's good. That's really good.
0: (laughs) Okay. Lindsay is what else can you offer people listening? I'm curious. Do you have anything else going on that for marketing specifically that you offer others?
1: So for marketing, I work on a one-to-one basis because it's so personalized to what you're trying to do and what you're trying to launch. I am really trying to be better about publishing kind of marketing how to articles on my website. So if you go to Lindsay there's a couple of things there. There's one really good one on a uh, link tree right now that really has, has helped me out quite a bit for being totally honest. If you go down and scroll the comments, I think there's like 120 comments on that article alone. So um, that's a, sp- a start. If you're looking to stop paying for Linktree or get more flexibility out of that, um, that's a great article. And I'm looking to add more kind of marketing 101 content there. So that's I where actually, I could point people right now.
0: Yeah, I actually read that. And it was very interesting because I've used Linktree because I don't know um, what else to do. And I've you show how to set it up. But again, that's going to be an undertaking for me. I need to do <laughs> awesome free content, like seriously. And I saw so much engagement on that. I saw those. Yeah. And I was like, dang, does this girl get this any comments on all her, all her blog posts? Like, so I think that it's definitely resonating with people and especially those who are trying to have an online presence. It has probably been very helpful. Like even that is something I wouldn't have thought of, but, and you show people how to do it and make it very simple and it was free. So like, I don't know why people wouldn't use it. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying. Right. And like, that's, I feel like for me, one of the biggest kind of marketing takeaways that I've learned or noticed in the last couple of months is like people want help. And if you can give them really, really good help and you give it to them for free, they're like, Oh my God, if this is for free, like, like what is the paid stuff? Like, like, give me that because that's what I really want to know. So that's, I mean, kind of my two cents there. If you're, if you're looking to get started, try and become some kind of a leader in the space or provide some like interesting perspective or teach someone something new, they will love you for it.
0: Wow. No, that was incredible advice. So including your website, where else can people find you and connect with you online?
1: Um, I am I am a little spotty on in Instagram, but that's probably the other best place. I'm on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Allen Designs as well. And then you, I'm, I'm always open to emails. I actually love it when people <laughs> reach out and email me. So my email is lindsay at com as well. So you can contact me there too
0: amazing Lindsay! thank you so much for coming on the life of zan podcast i enjoyed chatting with you today and i think you gave so many incredible little nuggets for my listeners who are interested in the online space and have a online business blog or want to learn more about how to show up as an influencer so thank you so much of course thank you so so much for having me Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Life with Zan. If you'd like to follow along, you can find me at ZanFarrow, spelled Z-A-N-F-A-R-R-O-W, on both Instagram and YouTube. And if you'd like to check out my website, head to ZanFarrow.com. I look forward to talking to you guys next week.